Emmy Beckley, but many of you know me simply as the Chronicler on Substack. Today, I present to you Macabre Monday's first podcast episode, Meet the Maniac. Our first guest is the lovely Shina Reed, who writes Kindling. Kindling is a newsletter, as Shina puts it, for people with boring lives and active imaginations. Join us as we discuss how she joined Substack, Stephen King, horror, developing skills as an author, and who she's reading these days. I hope you all have as much fun listening to this as I did when recording it. Enjoy. Okay, so how about we get a brief introduction about who you are and what you do on Substack? Yeah, so I'm Shana Reed and I have a Substack uh, called Kindling where I, it's kind of a mixed bag. Um, I review dark fiction. Um, I cover issues of censorship. I write about authors and writing and I publish fiction. So it's all fiction centered. Most of it's pretty dark, a lot of horror, but um, yeah, it's kind of my passion project, I guess you could call it. So I'm a computer programmer by day and um, yeah, I have two kids and two dogs, and I love the outdoors. I'm pretty funny, um, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I like my jokes. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay, so I really like your Substack, genuinely. But before we get into that, I would like to know how you got started on Substack and how long you've been on the platform using it. Yeah, that's a good question. I have, um, I have a couple of friends from high school, actually, and... Um, you know, we don't see each other a whole lot anymore, but we keep in touch and we were kind of like nerdy, artsy kids in high school. And so we've all gone on to, you know, we all have like our jobs that we have to do to support ourselves, but all of us are still doing art or writing or, you know, music, whatever it was, combination of those things. So one of those friends, um, I had him over for dinner one night um, and he was talking about this new platform that he uh, heard about I think there were journalists that he liked that were writing on it and he said it's called Substack and so I started getting his newsletter kind of just to support him and keep in touch with what he's been doing and um, and I got really curious so I started looking on the platform and I think I found Elle Griffin and saw that she was writing fiction and I thought that sounds super interesting because at the time I'd been writing fiction for a couple of years, like hadn't shared any story with anybody and um, wasn't really sure how to get kind of like feedback or a feeling of like how these stories would go over. Um, I was submitting them to magazines, but you know how that goes. It's <laughs> a pile of rejection slips. So I thought I should just try this and see what happens. So that was a little over a year ago. And um, I mean, I actually, I sat on it for about eight months. So I wanted to do it in January of 2022, and then I got really scared. <laughs> and so I finally published last August, I think was my first my first time publishing. And um, I've thought about quitting a handful of times since then, um, <laughs> just because it's the nature of the beast, I think. Um, mm -hmm. But it's the people. I love the community of people on there. There's so many good writers. There's so much good fiction. So... I'm kind of around just because I've made these really cool connections with other horror writers and horror fans. And it was something that's missing from my everyday life. So yeah, 
So I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. It feels like being a part of a kind of the club you always wanted to join in, in college or high school. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so how did you get started writing? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I, I always wrote, like I had journals as a little kid. Um, I was pretty shy, so I read a lot and, um, I think I started writing, I read the diary of Anne Frank in third grade, like didn't understand the majority of that book, but, but, um, I loved that she kept a diary. I think that's what I took away when I was like nine years old. That's all I got from that. Um, and I used to write goofy little stories about my pets and things like that. Um, but I got really discouraged later on in high school. Um, there were just people better than me. And so instead of doing the work, I just went, oh, I'm not the best at that. So I guess I'm just not going to do that. That's not a viable option. So like looking back, it's so silly, but. Um, but so relatable. Yeah. And I think it was because I had so many talented friends around me. I just was, you know, like I wasn't as good as them. And a lot of them, I'm, I'm still not as good at uh, writing as them, but uh, that doesn't mean there's not a place for any of the stories. That's where my perspective has changed. You know what I mean? Like I want to write these stories. So who cares? They're not as good as other people. Of course not. But um, so I think I've always written, but I've gone through very long periods where I've given up or stopped or, you know, like been too nervous to do it, just kind of a baby about it. <laughs> and so oddly enough, computer programming, that's something that was so hard for me to learn. Mm -hmm. And having learned that, and um, I'm not the best at that either, but I'm pretty good at it. That has made me realize that writing is a craft you got like it has to be worked at I can't just expect it's not really different from computer programming in a lot of ways um, the practice has to be there so so that's made me kind of buckle down and take myself more seriously you know even if I don't have success at it I think that's the only way to get better so and Probably you know what's not. funny is like programming has a similar like I realized, because I think part of what intimidates people with any art is once mm -hmm. you like look at the top of the top, you get the gatekeepers, like people who really believe like you either have this or you don't. Um, that That's the same thing in programming. And I'm thinking like babies don't know math. Like that's ridiculous. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's so true. You have to learn this too. Like, of course there's, are there savants? Yeah. But most people are just learning it. And so that's so interesting. So programming was kind of like a break, like a breakthrough for you. It really pushed you into your, your art. That's so interesting. Yeah, I mean, in two ways, like one, because I'm not passionate about it, you know, like I can do it oh, for a day yeah. job. Um, so it made me realize, oh, writing's really important to me. Like, yes, I, this pays the bills and it's a good job and I like it. I like a lot of parts of it, but it made me realize like, oh, I need to pursue I need to try to do something with writing because I can't stop thinking about it. You know, like I picked yeah. up a pen again at like 32 years old. Um, I got my computer programming degree late. It's like, everything's late for me, you know? So it's like, okay, you need to do it. It's now or never. Like, so, yeah. There's also no such thing as late when it comes to writing. I think yes. that anyone can jump in at any time. Definitely. Yeah, and I agree, because I've actually, that's a good point, because Substack, there are a decent amount of people on there, like, there's a couple of 80-year-olds who are like, I just love it, and they're good writers, it's good, you know what I mean, you're like, yes, yeah. yeah. 
So you mostly, so you stick with fiction. Fiction is your thing, but you're mostly kind of a horror-based yeah. substacker, right? Yeah, Why I'm horror? horror? Yeah, I ask myself that a lot because um, <laughs> I definitely, like in my normal life, people are really shocked uh, and not in a good way. Like, I don't think I've had including my family like people are my my family they subscribe to my Substack and they're pretty worried <laughs> they're like <laughs> they're reading my stories going like what is wrong with you like why are you thinking about this um so why horror I've loved it since I was a little kid like I used to sneak out and you know watch movies that my parents were watching The Shining was my first uh behind the couch little flick that I watched at five which is way too young it was totally traumatizing but I don't know I just loved it I like to be scared I think my real life is like pretty boring and so there's mm. something to um the excitement of horror and I think too I'm I'm very bothered by evil you know like I um I have a hard time with it I have a hard time with the reality that so many bad things happen in the world and I think horror gives me a way to kind of examine the dark parts of humanity and human nature why people do what they do without having to like go meet with serial killers and ask them you know what I mean <laughs> like like it's a safe way for me to explore um what would people do if this happened or why mm -hmm. would somebody do a b and c and I can go as deep and dark as I want and you can keep it fun too it can be a fun you know like horror is so broad like there's so many layers to it and I like so many aspects of horror like the fun campy stuff but then also like the really dark scary um real stuff you know so I think part of it too is that oh. I tend to be a fearful person I have anxiety you know mm -hmm. like about the state of the world but yeah, so I think that it's just a way to process anxiety about the world. Like, mm -hmm. I think it, I think it's that for a lot of people at least, but yeah. Definitely. That's super interesting. I hear that from a lot of different horror writers that the interest comes from a what if perspective. Yeah. Um, but you mentioned Stephen King, which mm -hmm. brings me to my, my next question. You have a Stephen King book club. I do. Yeah. Where you explore uh, all of his works. So tell, mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I am uh, like, I'm kind of obsessed with Stephen King. <laughs> it's embarrassing. I hope he never knows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like my husband likes to make jokes because uh, I have asked him things like, did you know he was, he's over six feet tall? And he's like, I didn't know that. And I don't care about it. <laughs> so that shows the level. It's a little, it's a little much, but all of that to say, yeah, I love his writing. I like, mm -hmm. I don't even want to like it because it feels almost not cool to like Stephen King at this point because he's so big, but um, yeah, I love the way that he writes people. Um, I love his villains. I love, I just, I love that his books are centered around love and friendship. Like the people that beat the monsters typically, you know, they're like kind of normal little weaklings and they come together and it's through like this greater goodness or purpose that they, that they kill Pennywise or whatever it is. Um, 
Yeah, I love Stephen King. And I I think he's, I don't know, I think he was like pretty daring too. Like a lot of the works that he wrote, maybe it's not anymore, but I think when they were written, you know, like Carrie, like all the religious elements there, I would imagine that was kind of hard to write. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But he wrote like a, a story about a girl getting her period in the shower. Like that's not easy for a man to write. You know what I mean? So and I think he did a pretty good job, you know, like he captures a lot of things really well. He's so good. <laughs> Definitely. And he's not all dark either. There's a, a collection of short stories I read um, and you probably would know them and I can't remember the title of them. One was about, it's like a, a federal, a CIA agent who's in a country in South America who survives yes. torture and escapes. Do you know the one I'm talking about? I do. And I can't remember the collection that's in, but yeah, he, he definitely has. And, and his later works too have gone kind of all over the place, mm-hmm. which some people hate, but he's a good literary writer too. Like he has a, mm-hmm. a little bit of a literary bent for sure. in a lot of his works. So I think I like that too, that he's just, he's sci-fi he's you know which I don't I don't like his sci-fi as much as his horror for sure um but yeah have you ever read Lisey's story no I don't think so that one's a weird it's so good I love that but it's a great example of like it's really scary uh disturbing but like very beautiful he can do that too sometimes and I love when horror can can kind of mix those worlds you know what I mean we're in the one moment you're like in awe of whatever and then the next people are being eaten by you know but that's modern horror that's it Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be pure horror there's a a book that's on my tbr and it's supposed to arrive today in the mail called between two fires which is both fantasy and horror and i love i love that overlap so much Mm -hmm. um but you mentioned um discomfort like pushing boundaries and all of that which seems to be a prominent theme on your website you're really interested in in that exploration of 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 literature um you're like if if it's if you're uncomfortable good because you like to discuss censorship and banned books I would love to know more about that that is really interesting to me yeah um some of it comes from so I um I was a fundamentalist Christian for I don't know a long time 15 years maybe and so um, coming out of that is extremely difficult out of any fundamentalist belief. And I don't think it just has to be religious. It's just whatever you hold to be the absolute truth about the world with no question, right? And no science and no, and um, not even science, but just no, maybe you haven't even thought it through because that's how I was at least. I hadn't thought through why I believe things. I just took you know, so-and-so said this, I have to believe it. That's what I believe. That's how I live my life. Um, so coming out of that was really hard. And, and part of me, um, not writing was a result of those beliefs. Like I, I think one of my first posts I posted about it's, you know, cheesily named how Stephen King saved my life, but it's a little bit true. It's really how Stephen King made me write again. Um, and it's all part of that journey. It's like for all of us, right? It's always wrapped up in some personal whatever that we're working through. So anyway, fundamentalism, um, I restricted myself a lot. I didn't allow myself to read anything that didn't go with a very specific theology, um, including Christian authors. Like I, you know, if they didn't subscribe to my exact way of viewing the world, I didn't read them. I didn't listen to music that didn't align with that. I didn't watch movies. I mean, it was so limited. 
Um, and I wasn't raised that way. I chose it. So that's even weirder <laughs> to think about, you know? Um, yeah, so trying to figure out why did I do that? How did I so easily believe something without ever really thinking it through? Um, and how can I prevent myself from doing that again? Because once you've, it's, I imagine people that join cults must feel this too, right? Where you go, I, I'm not a stupid person. Why did I believe so-and-so about everything that they said? Like realizing that I have that tendency has made me very cautious of my own biases, prejudices, uh, like the things that I think are true. And so I, I use literature, media, I use it to make myself uncomfortable to go like, mm. do you really believe that? Or is that really true? Um, and I think that that should be a big part of reading. I mean, it doesn't have to be, but I think it could help. Like I see so many of the issues in our culture being that we are listening to one side of a story and we probably should be listening to like 50 sides of that story. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's, that's why I'm really passionate about it because I feel like it helped pull me out. Being able to empathize, hear other perspectives, realize there's good people that don't think exactly like I do. And there's bad people that think exactly like I do. And what does that mean about the world? You know, and in my everyday life, uh, I can't expose myself to all those ideas. So books are the way that I do it. Yeah. So interesting. So how did you get into Macabre Mondays? Well, I, um, John Ward actually told me about it. He's a, such a good, like, community center point. Like, he brings so many people together. So, um, yeah, he tagged me in something and said, hey, Shana, you should participate in this. I was like, oh my gosh, it's here. Because <laughs> I I think I complained to him before too that, you know, I didn't know enough horror authors on Substack and I knew they had to be somewhere, you know, like it's not mm -hmm. just me. Like, come on guys, where where is everybody? <laughs> so, but horror's kind of a hard sell too, as you probably know, like it's very niche and it can mean so many things. I think people are very turned off by the idea of it. Like, at least that's mm -hmm. what I encounter. More than horror, I think fiction on Substack can sometimes be a hard sell. Yeah, and I get it too. It's hard to read it. Like there, there's not a good, especially serials, it is hard. Um, like it's hard for me and I like them. So I'm like, it's, I can only imagine if, if you're not super, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You just see the viewership tank after the third episode or whatever. <laughs> yes, you're totally. hurts so you're bad. Like, oh, <laughs> But do you see fiction taking off on Substack in a different way than maybe it has in the past? Yeah, I don't know what it's going to look like. I think part of it really is just like if it could feel like an e-reader, like if there was an option for that, I think it would be so much easier. Um, That's interesting. Yeah, because I think it's mostly just the feel. Like humans, I mean, every freaking website developer knows that. Like you'll mm -hmm. lose people. I mean, if you just have one little thing that's like a little inconvenient, they're off, you know? So I think it's mostly that, just having to, like I said, like if I start in the middle of a serial, having to like find my way back to, and authors do a great job of linking, but I'm like, God, wouldn't that be cool if you could just read it like a book? Because yeah, I think that's kind of what, and especially, I don't know about you, but like most of my readers are on email. Like they're not mm -hmm. gonna like 
So if they don't have the app, like the idea that they're going to scroll through their emails and find like my, yeah, I don't think it's happening. So <laughs> yes. And no matter how hard you push the app in the emails, it is, it, it's significant. I think it's like 10% more for me um, yeah. are on email. And I think, oh, come on. I put so much effort into the website. Just look on my <laughs> I website, feel like that please. Too. I know. I know they have no idea. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> no, and it's very clear for you. Now I understand you're, uh, you're, you're, you're a techie, so, so it yeah. makes sense. but your website is so organized. It was very easy for me to, uh, to access. Oh, good. I hope so. Yeah. And Definitely. of course, uh, S.E. Reed, uh, she's like made the, whatever you want to call that really high. I was like, Ooh, that's I mean, she so set the bar. Yeah. So I reorganized after I saw hers. I was like, that is smart. That's a lot better. So she's really a trailblazer for fiction. I think yeah. on Substack. I think so too. Yeah. Substack often talks about grassroots, but it like, she's usually the first person that I think of where I'm like, that's really from nothing earning oh, yeah. over. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And I mean, it's like, I think it's, that's the coolest part about Substack. The idea that you can have a community with your readers. Mm -hmm. It's actually something I wasn't sure if I would like. I was like, I'm not really sure if it's going to be healthy, like all those things, right? Because social media is whack. So, um, <laughs> and it's been so awesome. Like it's, I can't believe how much, like I, like I care about my readers. When I don't see them, I'm like, where is this person? They usually comment, like, are they around, you know? It's like, I feel like I have a relationship with them. So that part's been really cool. You really do have a good, good, I would say, relationship with your subscribers they're very involved they are yeah there's there's like a few that I feel like god I'd love to meet them you know what I mean I'm like I wish we could have a book club in person who uh on Substack do you yeah. read regularly oh there's a lot uh Michael Moore so he has two Substacks um he does write some fic fiction but I the director no I know I always wonder if he gets nope he's like uh he has one newsletter that's kind of political it's just kind of about like cultural topics and whatnot mm -hmm. and then he has another one that of course I can't remember the name of uh but he wrote about his journey with his um his father's death so his father had cancer so I read that one and it's really really beautifully written super raw uh so yeah, I appreciated that so much, Sherman Alexi, because I adore him. <laughs> He's on Substack. Yeah, I read his uh, one of his banned books, like that gets banned constantly by school districts, and reviewed that before I realized he was on Substack. So that was a really fun experience. As he read uh, gibberish, Scoot writes gibberish. Yes, we have yeah. to tag Scoot in this. He's been mentioned now. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, yeah, I read uh your stuff Maya <laughs> oh really I, I do yeah oh no yeah you're, like, so you're, yeah you're a rising uh horror star on Substack. <laughs> I like that you said you write everything too I was like oh <laughs> in my mind you're a horror author so oh wow um, Ben Wakeman are you familiar with him he just uh he just hosted a um I think he called it like an exercise in empathy where he had writers oh, write familiar. Yeah, uh, he writes Catch and Release. I love mm -hmm. his stack. Um, okay, Nathan Slake. I cannot forget about him. Do you know him? Nathan Slake? Oh, 
I okay. I fo- I'm also like you. I follow a lot of people, so I get yes. I get mixed up. I think so though. I think I do follow him. Let's okay, see. Nathan's like he's British and he writes these magical. His stories are so beautiful. So you should tag him because he really deserves. He really deserves it. And then Daniel W. Davison, if you're familiar with him. Oh, he yes. Writes, like really scary. I really like his stories. They scare me. <laughs> really oh, good. 100%. The The Werewolf of Maria Hill yes. Come In is his how I was introduced. are just, he wrote one. He was one of my first um, readers and one of the first writers I followed on Substack. And he wrote one where this, I, I don't want to give it away, but it, it just was so disturbing. It's like, I think it was a marionette. There's some title about a marionette. But anyway, it was extremely disturbing and I loved it. So, yeah. Fantastic writer. Literally such a grip on atmosphere. Also one of the first ones I subscribed to and interacted <laughs> with online. Sort of funny. Yeah. We're living parallel lives here. We are. <laughs> so that's a really good list. Yes. There's a lot of, I'm, I'm probably forgetting someone really important. I'm sorry, guys, if I forget about <laughs> you. Uh, uh, what are you working on right now? So right now, uh, behind the scenes, I haven't been writing as much fiction actually on Substack because I'm working on finishing a novel and I have to finish it. It's been in my brain for years and I finally outlined it um, in October. And so I have like the bones of the story. I've never outlined anything before, but I realized I, I don't think I can write a novel without an outline. It's too scary. So, <laughs> so yes, so that is behind the scenes. That's where my energy is going. Cause even if it's trash, if I can finish this, it's going to be huge. So amazing. Yes. So to all our listeners look forward to China Reads novel coming out when maybe like a year, two years. <sighs> We'll say two years. <laughs> yeah. Two years. So I think we'll wrap it up now. Thank you so much again. This has been absolutely lovely. Um, besides uh, Substack, where else can we find you? Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Facebook, weirdly enough. <laughs> I'm kind of old. <laughs> I can make Facebook. Um, I think that's it. <laughs> Thank God. Fantastic. <laughs> no all right. Well, we'll tag all of those places in our in our next newsletter coming out Monday, I think, this Monday. We'll find out. I'll find out. But again, thank you so much for your time and sharing yourself with us. It's been absolutely lovely. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me.